This is Four Color Radio, where the notes meet the page. If I unmute the mics, introductions work better. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Four Color Radio. My name is Jay. I am your host, uh, where we talk about the music that comes from comics, or sorry, the music, usually the music that comes from films or TV shows that are based on comics. Uh, but tonight, we're going to switch it up and play a little bit fast and loose with our concept, uh, as I will introduce our guest in a moment and what they have brought to the table, which is going to be super, super awesome. Everyone's hopefully going to really enjoy it. Um, of course, Four Color Radio is broadcasting live from the Origin Road studio in beautiful downtown Sherwood Park. Actually, I don't think we're downtown. I think we're still kind of on the edge. On the cusp. We're on the cusp of Sherwood Park. Uh, streaming across the Sound Sugar Radio Network. Hopefully you are tuning in live. If you are, feel free to join us in the chat. Uh, if you are not... Hopefully you're listening to us uh, later on, uh, and I've been encouraged to podcast this thing at some point, so uh, old man Bardella might have to learn how to do the podcasting thing. Um, <clears throat> we'll see how that works out. Uh, before we get too far into things, let's take a moment to acknowledge that this show is being broadcast from Treaty 6 territory, the traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people, uh, and without whom we would not be here today doing what we are doing, and we are grateful for this opportunity. Um, my guest tonight, oh, he is someone who brought, I guess, or was involved in a great, great controversy in Edmonton. Uh, there was there was blood feuds, and there was there was drinking of beer, and uh, there was angry people. Um, but he somehow managed to to bring it all together and temper down the storm, and and bring the Edmonton Football Club to its uh its new new chapter in life. Uh, my guest tonight is Trevor Seaman. He is the I guess is it lead designer. Uh, director of marketing. Director of marketing. Um, you were the lead on the project to rebrand the Edmonton Football Club into the Edmonton Elks. And you were uh, coordinating the whole new design and the scheme and everything. And that's that's a big job, man. It was a heck of a job. Uh, huge responsibility. Um, and something we took extremely seriously. Uh, of course, me just being one of the, the people involved. We had you know agencies helping us. We had... Of course, the fans uh, doing a lot of outreach to make sure that we hit the right notes with them, and yeah, know, it 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 was a massive undertaking, and I think uh, you know we're very happy with how it went, and uh, now all we got to do is play some football. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting the new logo is yeah. one thing. Actually, playing some uh, some good old sports is a whole other thing. I um, cannot throw the ball, Jay. It's, I okay. Well, well, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Uh, they, they're they, they seem like they're looking for players some days. So you know what? Uh, I love to help. Them. <laughs> I make things look pretty. They uh, they gotta they gotta make the game look pretty. They got yeah. They got to do their part. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking about things that are looking pretty, man, you brought some you brought some pretty artwork uh, for us to reminisce over. Uh, although obviously people can't see it, but they're gonna hear it. Um, you selected as your topic was the uh, from the Love and Rocket series by the Hernandez brothers. You specifically picked out uh, Jaime Hernandez's uh, Locas, uh, which is an amazing body of work. Well, pretty much everything from Love and Rockets, people regard as some of the best comics um, that have ever been made. Uh, and it was a huge influential part of the independent underground movement in the 80s and the black and white stuff that was going on. Um, what is it in particular about Locas that just hits you, hits you so hard, that connects with you so deeply? Uh, I remember seeing it, uh, there's going way back to, when I, I lived on a farm and there was a, there was a show, um, comic book confidential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. 
Every, everybody who's into comics probably saw it at one point, especially if you had CBC. We were up really late. <laughs> I remember watching that and seeing these, like, all of these uh, people doing these underground comics and there's mainstream stuff. And Jaime Hernandez sort of doing this, this story about these two girls, Maggie and Hopi. Uh, and he, he narrates it in his own voice and is, is about, uh, you know, Maggie drooling over a pair of Doc Martens. <laughs> which you know was a farm boy aspiring to not be a farm boy and i could really relate to like you know i loved music i loved i loved metal i loved started getting into punk and and that kind of uh the aesthetic of these people and how they talk to each other yeah sort of resonated it's very very real very real yeah. like the stuff the hernandez brothers does is like even as as far out because they get into some stories that are they're pretty wild and pretty out there, um, but their people are so real, and I think that's where the connection comes in for most of the people who fall in love with uh, with anything that comes out through Love and Rockets. I'd say that's it's totally it. Like the you expect a story to start out with you know uh, you know you have your protagonists, they progress through a story, they they hit some adversity, and they come out on top. That's not always how it works. It's usually, usually if you go with, if you follow the stories along, you have Maggie and Hopi, sort of the central characters. Yeah. And these satellite characters that all sort of orbit around them and bump into each other and cause friction and things happen. And, you know, it's it's Maggie and Hopi sort of bumping apart and disappearing and coming together. And it's it's messy. It's yeah. very messy. It's, <laughs> but it's, it, it all, it's, it sort of has this like sort of fluidity and, and, the reality of, of how these these people sort of like just interact with each other. There's there's yeah. no givens or you can't always <laughs> you're not going to always have people coming together. No, it's, it's all over the place. It is awesome and and not unlike the story, the music's kind of all over the place. Even though the Hernandez brothers really um, cite the music they grew up with um, in Southern California yeah. uh, as a huge influence and part of the motivator that was, um, that got them into these stories and they built these stories around the music at the time. But the music is literally all over the place too. There's some like, um, there's, it's, we're going to start off here with some black flag. I mean, the punkest of the punk, yeah. uh, for sure. But then we're also going to like touch on some, some British like pop rock kind of deal. Um, and you know, and then we're going to, no, it's it is all over the place. Even though it's all kind of connected, but you know it's still got its own little touches and flavors and and, and very distinctive. So uh, let's let's kick it off with uh, the first couple tracks in our uh, in our Locas soundtracks here tonight. Uh, we're gonna start off, like I said, with some Black Flag and Police Story. Um, so prepare your earbuds. Uh, we're gonna follow it up immediately right after with uh, a, another one of two no three british bands i think if i remember correctly oh see i made notes and i forgot the note <laughs> um the uh the easy beats with friday on my mind which was a pleasant surprise that you yes. brought to the, to the table i like that one a lot so all right everyone get ready here comes some black flag
morning feels so bad Everybody seems to nag me Coming Tuesday I feel better Even my old man looks good Wednesday just don't go That is the Easy Beats with Friday on my mind. And I lied. I thought they were British because, oh, boy, did they sound British? They they're are not. They, they're Australian. Yeah. I'm a bad radio host. <laughs> I should I should prep a little bit better before I start Another talking. shrimp on the bobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, two very different songs, though, yeah. right? You, yeah. you, you are getting, like, the Easy Beats are giving me that very uh, British invasion uh, type of groove, and then of course contrasted against Black Flag, and to think that the Hernandez brothers were kind of soaking both in, totally, you know, back in the day, and and then drawing the inspiration for for Locas. Yeah, there's like there's a mix of of music throughout the whole thing, and it it goes like depending on where they are in the book, you know, if they're if they're with their parents or they're with like people that are sort of in like their tias and and uh, uncles and aunts. Yeah. Um, Traditional music comes in, you know, some, some of the music that they would listen to. So like older music comes in, You're passing by a TV, the Flintstones is on, you know, there's like all of these things sort of like pop up as you, as you go through and it sort of sets this like, you know, sets the tone for where you are in the, in the, in the story. And yeah. So. Yeah. And, um, so for maybe for those, uh, listeners at home who, uh, or wherever they happen to be, uh, who aren't really as familiar with the locas and, and, uh, and Maggie and Hopi. Um, can you sum up kind of a little bit about yeah. their story? Yeah, sure. So um, Maggie and Hopi are two girls in a fictional place called Hoppers. Um, Maggie, in the first bunch of comics that Jaime Hernandez put together, she's actually a mechanic. Yeah. So Maggie the mechanic. And she is working on spacecraft with Rand Race. And it's completely different from the stuff that sort of it ended up being it started off as a sort of like sci-fi wonk comic yeah it's very strange and and like very i was just gonna, very very bizarre but it, it it turned into this sort of like slice of life in in these two young punk rock kids who just sort of go through life and and cause collateral damage <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> mostly just with their friends. They have they've this sort of network of friends, a Latina, uh, in the Latina community, and just sort of it's a, it's sort of how they all mix together, and um, you can see them as they sort of go through an age. So Maggie, being um, you know a mechanic at first, she sort of goes into this this sort of as she goes through. She's sort of aimless and doesn't really have a place to be. Yeah. She doesn't really, she's always trying to find where she needs to be and it bumps into things and causes problems for everything. <laughs> Maggie's a little bit, she's sort of affable and very, you know, lovable. Hopi is the other side of that who is very, she's a bit hard edge and very, can be a little bit acidic yeah. and straightforward. Uh, they're, they are also, uh, they're bi characters. So they, they're also, best friends and sometimes lovers. So yeah. as they go through these, these stories, they sort of, you know, are sort of romanticized by the people around them as like the, the couple, which they never really end up being. They sort of like bounce together and then sort of fly apart. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the nexus of what drives a lot of that is just literally their relationship and, yeah. and always trying to, to work on it, which, Kind of ties, um, it gives me a lot of vibes from another black and white series that started a little bit later called Strangers in Paradise by Terry Moore. Yeah. And it was very much that kind of thing where the two leads are very, very close friends, but then there's that attraction that kind of comes in and then they get close and then they bounce apart and then chaos around them drives them closer together again. And uh, yeah, there's that kind of story element that plays out. Um, through a lot of them um, but of course what we're really kind of looking to get into is the music so we're going to come back uh, we're going to play uh, a, we're going to play three tracks this time because we're listening to a lot of punk and punk <laughs> tends to be very quick at times so we can we can pack a handful of songs together uh, we're going to do a three-piece uh, set here uh, the first song coming up is called situations by the middle class um, which i had never even heard of before you dropped it into this list and to be honest, like a lot of this stuff is is stuff that I heard because I was researching it and I it came across it in the book or, you know, it's it, a lot of these are fair. They're not they're not on huge playlists or no, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. I love it. Um, yeah. And then we're going to follow that up um, with Valentine by the replacements. Uh, replacements actually have a fairly decent size following yeah. and they're yeah. they're pretty well known and Guarded. And then we're going to close out this triple with the first of two tracks from a band called X-Ray Specs. Uh, and their first song that we're going to play tonight is I Am a Cliche. Uh, but we're going to start off again with the middle class and situations. Right on par, cool as 
Uh, it's not too often you get a nice little fade out on a punk rock song. Usually they just kind of stop. <laughs> really hard. That was X-Ray Specs with I Am a Cliche. Uh, and just before that, we heard The Replacements, uh, a band that hails uh, out of Prince's hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota. So there's two very different types of music coming yes. out of the same place. Uh, the replacement song there was Valentine, and we kicked it off with the middle class and situations. Uh, all the music that we're listening to are music that inspired, uh, um, you know, one of the most beloved comics by by creators and fans of all time uh, is the Locas or... or um, uh, oh, Love and Rockets. Yeah, Love and Rockets is the main series. Yeah. And then Jaime's series isn't officially called Locas. That's it's... Right, yeah. uh, Oh, something 13. You actually, you mentioned it just before the name of the, the not, oh man. Hoppers? Hoppers, Hoppers is where they're, yeah. yeah Hoppers they're, is where they're from. Yeah. <laughs> We're all over the place, Jay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it affectionately became known as the Locas, yeah. uh, which I guess is Hispanic for crazy women. Crazy ladies. Yeah. Crazy ladies. And that's, uh, that's what a lot of the story is about. Um, as an artist yourself, which is how, you know, I got to know you, like you're, you came around the comic shop years ago, but you just didn't come, uh, to buy comics. You also came out to like our drawing events and stuff like that. And you were slapping the ink down on the page with the best of them. Um, is that the Hernandez brothers style and aesthetic? Like, how does that speak to you on a level? Cause it's, it's very, it's very simple. It appears very simple, almost like a cartoon style, but it's it's a bit it's a bit deeper. It's a bit more complicated than that, isn't it? That's the crazy part about it. It's it it looks so it's it's clean. It's sim- yeah. like it looks simple, but it is every line is purposeful. Every line has a specific use and a specific. Um, there's no waste. There right. is zero waste. A lot of artists will. You know, they'll make up their shortcomings by cross hatching or by you know excess shadow or you know by exaggeration or or there is nothing wasted in in Jaime's lines yeah and it it to to put it into sort of a perspective it looks like sort of classic illustration from advertising in like if you go through like the forties and fifties it's got that very classical clean the you know lines are always very um the feminine always looks super feminine, very, you know, minimal line work to, to make their faces look sculpted. And also the other thing about it is like, he's able to convey not just that, that sort of like classical, it's not just beautiful people. It's people of all shapes, sizes. And, and one of the things that always struck me was how the characters aged. Yeah, it was not in true real time, but they did advance people. They weren't yeah. stuck in a in a single time frame. There's no no 33-year-old Batman forever here. Exactly. It's, <laughs> and it's it's done with that same simple line work. So you but you can tell because of the way their the proportions change, the, you know, the they, you know, they they slim slim down, they they bulk up, they, you know, they they change their hairstyles and it's yeah. all very like you know, it sounds it sounds unless you can really see it it's it's um the simplicity of it all and the communication of it uh is it's, it's just uh, i have a design background and aspiring to that sort of level of of like craftsmanship and illustration is yeah. like it's to me it's up here uh, another il- illustrator that would be um similar and i think would probably cite uh jaime as a as a as a source would be uh um adrian Tomain. oh yeah like, yeah, like a very s- simple and clean and like, you know, it's just the the amount of craftsmanship that it takes to, to build those lines is, uh, I bow down. <laughs> well, that's, that's some pretty high praise. That's, and it's impressive. And I mean, it is one of the things as like, for my, I'm very much in the superhero camp, but the artists that I've always loved and respected the most are those guys who do the very clean lines. Um, so the George Perez, the Alan Davis, um, even like, um, uh, Keith Githen, um, doing his stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just like there, there's something to that sharpness and crispness that, uh, yeah. I was always really, really good with. So, uh, 
Cool. That was a, that was a nice little dose of uh, of that was our art moment. Let's get into for the, the day. Let's get, the, <laughs> let's get into the line. Yeah. Uh, let's get back into some more music. Let's drop a couple more tracks here. We're punk rocking our way through the Locas with uh, with my buddy Trevor here, and we're gonna play another song coming up by the X Ray Specs. Uh, for those of you who are who were whipping out the Google machine earlier, Specs is S P E X. Um, super crazy uh then we're gonna hear a song from them called i can't do anything and then we're gonna follow it up with some shonen knife uh with a song called cycling is fun
And that there was Cycling is Fun by Shonen Knife. Uh, an interesting band that we were talking about a little bit off air with uh, myself and my guest Trevor. Uh, for those of you who wanted to know a little bit more, Shonen Knife uh, is a Japanese band formed in Osaka in 1981 um, who were very heavily influenced by uh, a lot of the California sound, uh, 60s girl groups and pop bands. So they were very unique in their own way, uh, especially back, obviously, probably in Osaka for sure. And as Trevor enlightened me, uh, the more you listen to Shonen Knife's music, the more you realize it's not, it's weird and yeah. it's not really about anything. <laughs> a lot of references to food um <laughs> cookies uh, there's a song called cookie day um hot chocolate is a song that's a give it a rip that's a ripper um tortoise brand pot cleaners <laughs> yeah just I, I recommend if you're if you're looking for an afternoon of just like bu gut busting laughing uh, with 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 uh, some catchy pop underneath it, that's shown a knife. Hundred <laughs> percent. They look they look uh, just like I've got their photos pulled up here from their stuff, and they just they just look like they're having fun. Yeah. Like you know, you see so many bands are trying to look serious, yeah. trying to be like. But like you said, they wrote a song about a pot cleaner. Yeah. Um, so really, uh, they don't take themselves too seriously. Uh, but the music's pretty catchy. It's super catchy. It's super catchy. <laughs> it's awesome. And and you uh, so for like context of like how how does something like that after we've listened to like Black Flag and X-Ray Specs and stuff like that, like how does Shona Knife fit in the world of, uh, of the Locas? It's, it's funny. Like uh, so many of these songs, they are moments in time while you're reading through the book. It's not, they're, they're not punctuation points. They're, they're sort of in the background. So that specific song was something that one of the characters was, was sort of humming to themselves or they're sort of like walking and sort of passing the time on their way home from the bar. And it's just, it's one panel and it's the lyrics sort of like dreamily written above as they're sort of looking up at the sky and, and then it cuts to the next scene and that's it. But it's like, <laughs> like that, that's kind of the flavor of the book. It's just like the, the music sort of sets the tone and punctu like it's punctual, not punctuation. It sets the tone for, for how the, the scene is progressing or where yeah. the, the state of mind of the character and it's so, I think it's, again, it's another element that makes the series so real. And I know a lot of people don't necessarily want to read something and not escape reality. They want to escape reality. But um, as you mentioned, like Maggie started out as a mechanic building rocket ships. Yeah. Um, so out of the gate, you know, <laughs> there's yeah. there's a little bit of weirdness. There's a little bit of disconnect, yeah. um, you know, give you something to suspend your disbelief on. Um, but then they turn it around and it's personal and it's real and it's catchy pop songs and it's passionate lovemaking and yeah. it's huge screaming fights. Yeah. Um, just they cover everything. Yeah, and it's it goes into like you'll you'll be in these situations where these you know the characters are just trying to find a place to sleep. They're getting kicked out of people's houses all the time. They're just, just <laughs> trying to find some place to sleep. Um, but they have they have these like rich friends, like the, their friend Penny Century, who's married this this uh, this like billionaire called uh, named Herb Costigan, and he's he's got a mansion, but he's never around. Penny Century has the run of this place and she just does weird stuff. Yeah. Like she dresses like a superhero and like, you know, has a bodyguard that like, you know, sets her up on these like little adventures. And it's just craziness, <laughs> like craziness all over the place. Which in fairness, most of us would do if we were in that scenario, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, if I was married to a, a rich person and living in a mansion and they were never around, I would totally be like playing superhero. Heck yeah, why not? <laughs> Uh, that would be that would be the most fun. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Um, let's uh, let's slide back into a couple more tracks. These next couple songs, um, I mean, they're gonna be by bands that that the audience is gonna know. Um, you may not know Sweet right away, um, but I'm sure at some point in your life you have danced to the Ballroom Blitz. Um, but we are. Uh, that's not the song we're gonna be playing because the Hernandez brothers were a little bit more cultured than. than the regular mainstream uh, uh, radio played songs. Uh, this song's called uh, Wigwam Bam. And you had mentioned to me earlier yeah. on that um, the song is very, for those of you who are familiar with Sweet, like they had Ballroom Blitz. Their other big hit um, in North America was Fox on the Run, which is a song that I actually really dig. I like that song a lot. Right. Um, Wigwam Bam sounds just like Sweet. 
Yep. Just kind of fits right in the mold. But in the context of the book, you said it was a bit more. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, there is a series of stories that that's, uh, takes place uh, called Wigbam, Wigbam Bam. And the, these stories are all sort of woven together and the, you're reading it and you're trying to like, how does this title, which is the song itself when you listen to it is it doesn't age well. It's, it's very, you know, the word, the, the lyrics are not okay. <laughs> they, they, it's not okay. They re- refer to indigenous people in, in ways that they probably shouldn't. Yeah. But through the course of the story, it's like, how does this tie in? Like, I don't understand. It's like, why is it called Wig Bam Bam? It comes back to the end of the story and it's talking about Maggie and her cousin. And her cousin uh, was her sort of like best friend and, the, and playmate and they listened to music together and they listened to Sweet and this was their favorite song. Her cousin passes. I don't want to give it all away, but this led to how she ended up getting into punk rock, mm. but then also meeting Hopi. Right. So it's it's sort of this, in in the span, at the very end of this whole story, there's this big bam bam. It brings it all together. And the, the foresight and storytelling of, of, of that moment, it was like, oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, I had much respect. Like, you don't see it coming they, at all. They played you. They played you so well. So well. So, <laughs> so well. well. All right, well, let's jump into some sweet, the first of two. The second song, I'm not even going to tell you what it is. You'll know it when you hear it um, literally from the first chords because uh, you, uh, the listeners, are they're educated. They, they know. They know. Uh, so let's kick off with some uh, some sweet with Wigwam Bam. And made him all shudder inside But she said, wig, wham, 
was the Ramones with I Want to Be Sedated. Uh, Literally did not need an introduction. One of the classic uh, American punk songs. Um, Revolutionized, changed. And it's weird listening that in contrast to Black Flag at the beginning. The Ramones sound very polished and professional. Which is words that will never generally get (laughs) lobbied towards them. Um, but when you listen to that song, when you listen to I Want to Be Sedated, it's like, holy crap. Like, That's a, it's a well-produced song. That was, and that was for, that was later in their, their, uh, it was like, was that late eighties? Uh, I Want to Be Sedated or even early nineties. Yeah. That was a, yeah. Um, but they, they influenced so many people, um, including I think Black Flag would be in there too. Like that, um, that sound, that sort of simplicity and, and taking, taking what was, you know, taking rock and roll and making it, changing it to be um, something a little bit more raw and easy. And it's, a, it's hard to believe that there was something before that yeah. that had never, ever existed, right? <laughs> it's, like taking, it's like taking Elvis, but adding this like sort of slapdash, like rock and roll ethos. Yeah. Just it's just f- fast and and yeah. dirty. It's, you know, so what if we can't play more than one chord? Like yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just, simple, right? Yeah, it's, it's simple and it gets you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, solid choice. Solid choice. Well, now is the time in the show where we drop a little bit of uh, the statistics. It's our stat time portion of the portion of the program, uh, and um, you know what? Really, really tough to get a lot of stats because. <laughs> The uh, we're not when normally when we do movies, movie info is super easy oh, to yes. find. You can yeah. find out, you know, how much the best boy was paid. You can find out all sorts of things. <laughs> um, when it comes to like underground black and white comics that were produced in the eighties, a little bit trickier. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, here's what we have for you, folks, in case you're interested in learning a little bit more. Uh, Jaime Hernandez's Locas was an ongoing feature in the Hernandez Brothers comic series Love and Rockets, which, as we discussed, was a groundbreaking indie series. Uh, it was originally the uh, there's actually three brothers who produced uh, the first issue of Love and Rockets, um, and it was a black and white book and debuted in 1981, uh, and it was uh, immediately uh, picked up by Fantagraphics, uh, who reprinted the issue about a year later uh, with a full color cover and then uh, basically paid the way for the Hernandez brothers to continue on. Uh, the first volume of Love and Rockets ran 50 issues, ending in April of 1996. So from 82 to 96, they put out 50 issues, which for those of you hardcore nerds at home knows that most comic books tend to be monthly. This was kind of like when the stories get told, they get told. Yep. That was about it. Uh, there was a second volume that can, uh, picked up after the, about two years after that. Volume two had 20 issues. And then there was a volume three, which had eight issues. Uh, and there is currently an ongoing series with about one issue coming out. I would like to say every few months, but there's been some bigger gaps in between. say quarterly-ish. Quarterly-ish, we'll say. Um yeah, I had a hard time finding any kind of sales that's, numbers. That's pretty see. good. That's pretty good. You did, did good. It's uh, it took a bit of digging. Um, the best the best stuff that we can come up with, um, really is the fact that there are so many reprints and collections, and they were able, um, because Love and Rockets was almost kind of an anthology of 
ongoing serialized stories, um, Fanographics then uh, repackaged everything and separated the stories into their own. And there's several volumes of each. Uh, there's uh, some slip, nice slipcase edition collections of them. So there is love, uh, lots of Love and Rocket stuff out there, more than just Locas as well. But um, <clears throat> certainly the Locas is what we're featuring yeah. tonight. Um, so since I couldn't really get a lot of like sales numbers and stuff, which I like to look at because that's uh, the, the, the retailer in me likes those numbers. <laughs> uh, I decided to take a look at one of the artists. So I thought, well, we just played the Ramones. What are the Ramones? What have they done? Really? Um, the Ramones probably here, uh, as the, the one quote was arguably the most popular, successful punk band <laughs> to exist, which I guess based on sales. Um, however, it did take them 38 years for their, the, to get their first gold album. And that was their first album that they released. It took 38 years before it hit 500,000 sales. That's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little bit weird. Um, they are also of note one of those bands that has done the, uh, has the unique honor of producing more compilations than they actually released the music. Um, they produced uh, 14 studio albums. They have 16 compilations. And then they go, um, obviously, uh, but, and that's aside from the seven live albums that they produced as well. Right. So um, they were very, I guess, robust in, <laughs> in their music so much that they did it over and over and over again. <laughs> so anyway. so uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think for any, you know, as the Hernandez brothers are making these comics in the very late 70s, early 80s, it's going to be impossible to not be influenced oh. by the Ramones. If you're, if you're listening to music and you're picking it up, and, and, and that's it. And it, it obviously... Uh, Maggie and Hopi and their band and their music and their style clearly falling into the Ramones world. Absolutely. And I think too, like where they're, where they are in, in Southern California, uh, the, the world that that's inspired uh, by hoppers. Um, I think it's, it, it, it uh, was at Oxnard, I think was where, where they're from somewhere near there. It's very similar that, that, that sort of like Southern California it's, it's permeated with that hardcore scene. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that, uh, the stuff that was coming out at the time, stuff we take for granted, but like the, how fresh that would have sounded coming out of disco. Yeah. You know, like absolutely. Your, your Donna summer is sort of all over the radio and ABBA. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, this, this sort of like do it yourself, hardcore scene coming up through the middle, the Ramones doing their thing. And, sex pistols and it, that's a, it's a, it's, it flips you on your head. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and it obviously had uh, a major impact on creators outside of music as oh, well yeah. at making great comics. Um, we're going to get into our last set of music for the night. We got two more songs to, uh, to round us all up here. Um, I thought I knew the first act turns out I did not know them at all. <laughs> I thought, uh, when I saw the Avengers, I was just kind of like, and no, I didn't default to the superhero team. I actually <laughs> thought I was aware of the rock band Avengers, the punk band. Turns out I wasn't. It was a completely different band I was thinking of. Um, and I was actually almost going to flip a coin. I almost picked a different version of this song because oh. um, there was a live version they do oh. of this track that we're about to play called The American and Me, um, which I actually like a little bit better than the recorded version. However, it's super sweary. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go back to just the studio version, <laughs> um, which is still a really good version. Uh, after the American Me, we're gonna follow up. Uh, we're gonna close out the show with a song from a band called The Undertones, and that name might not ring a lot of bells right off the bat, um, but um, you'll know the song. Uh, absolutely know the song because it's uh, it's another kind of punk classic and uh, maybe a little bit understated. But first, we're gonna get into uh, the Avengers and a song called The American in Me.
is Northern Ireland's The Undertones. I, You know what? I knew this song. I've known it forever. Did not know they were from Northern Ireland. Oh, why would you? The, I, <laughs> that Northern Ireland, Irish, Irish. <laughs> Northern Irish, uh, it, it doesn't come through the music. No, not like at all. Too, you wouldn't know either. Right? Yeah, and I, but I mean, it's like that song, you know, and I... It, that teenage kicks is a staple in K rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cause I'm old and that's how I listen to it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, never, never would have dawned on me. I just figured because it's the only song you ever hear from them on yeah. the radio, they were Canadian. Right. It was yeah. just like, yeah, you get that. central. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Um, <clears throat> the, that those songs um, like in context in, in locas, like how do those count? Cause now we're playing like the Avengers, you know, they're punk rock. They're yeah. just straight up punk rock. Um, undertones, Northern Ireland. <laughs> this is kind of yeah. rock out band. Yeah, the the undertones, um, I'm trying to remember where that came in, but it, it had something to do with, with a party, if, if I remember. But uh, the Avengers, if I'm remembering it right, it was in context to one of the gigs that one of, so there's a couple of like, fake bands that, that, that exist. There's, right. there's ape sex, which is sort of the, they are the, uh, I think they're the local boys done right. And that's kind of a lot of the stories. If, if you have a, if there's a band t-shirt going on and it's not a band that you recognize, it's ape sex <laughs> or it's, uh, then there's the other bands, Maggie or sorry, Hopi is in a, in a bunch of bands. She plays bass poorly, um, with various bands that go through a thousand different names that I, I can't remember any of them. But, um, <laughs> But uh, within those contexts, I think the uh, the Avengers song came in in that sort of a setting. Yeah. Well, and it's it again. It's just awesome that it's it, there are there are have been other comics out there. Um, uh, Karen Gilliam's phonogram kind of jumping to mind immediately for me. That basically it's like I'm creating a comic book soundtrack, yeah. as it were, and it's all about these comics that are all about the music. Um, and there's actually a new book that actually releases to, uh, tomorrow, November 10th, uh, called where is the furthest place from here? And it's actually, again, it's about it's music and how it impacts lives and stuff. And there's actually versions of each issue that are being released with a, a seven inch floppy single as oh, well, cool. um, which is pretty sweet. Um, so, but, but it is really impressive. Like it's one thing to make comics and then it's another thing to try to interpret music you know, which you can't hear in a comic. Yeah. Uh, and I think, and obviously like uh, for Locas, that was just nailed it spot totally. on. 
yeah, it, it, it was, it was the flavor of where they were in their lives. And it's just, yeah, it just gave context. It was like another layer of depth. Yeah. It was awesome. Thank you so much for bringing this great, great selection of music. Uh, I'm not, I'm not educated overly on punk rock music. And I mean, I know the Ramones, but then you hear the Ramones and you're like, that's punk rock. And then you hear like the Avengers and black flag and you're like, Oh no, that's punk rock (laughs) at times. But that's just me not, not being as versed as I should be in all of the musics. Um, So thank you so much for bringing that uh, to the show tonight. Uh, You got anything kind of in particular you want to give a shout out to or plug we always give our guests a chance to plug something no you know what uh nothing much going on i'm i'm just doing my best to close out the football season and uh and uh live life with uh with a family in a pandemic as challenging as it is (laughs) it's very challenging for all of us well thank you so much for taking a bit of time away from them and uh and and coming to hang out with us here on uh on four color radio uh that's it for tonight's show so uh before we go i need to plug i guess next week's show uh next week we have canadian's premier nerdcore hip-hop sensation the word burglar aka sean jordan joining us and he's going to bring all of the nerd we're going to go through a musical journey of some great and sometimes obscure comic book characters and places and things um uh it's been i've been diving into it it's been so much fun uh absolutely fantastic and i'm grateful that he's going to take some time out uh to join us uh again my name is jay you have been listening to uh four color radio and i want to thank you all very much for tuning in uh the show's introductions uh, musically are put together by my friend uh, phil scott who i'm very grateful and our closing music is composed by adrian ellis Have a great week and stay safe, everyone.